This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host Ian Turner. Today on the show I'm going to be talking to George and Jordan from The Butlers. But first, a quick mention about how you can support local bands and local music through the Garden of Sound Patreon page. For those of you who are new to Patreon, it's a way for artists and creators to seek ongoing funding for the work they do, work like Garden of Sound. I give my time freely to make this program and support local music in Christchurch and further afield, but there are hard costs associated with producing this program each week, so I invite you to visit gardenofsound.nz and click on the Patreon link to see the kind of exclusive audio extras you can get when you support this show financially. Now to business at hand. They've not been around long, but the butlers are beginning to cut a swathe through the New Zealand live music scene. This five-piece has just released their debut album entitled The Butlers, and it's pretty gosh darn good. But do they have the legs to ride out the sound of summer? This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Butlers on Plains FM 96.9. George, I want to kick off asking you, what's your very first memory of music in your life? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to my granddad. My granddad, my mum's dad, used to um, be a jazz musician and he used to be a pianist and and he even went to like places like Japan and played with his little trio. And I've got his vinyl up on my wall. He wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say like big, big time, but um, it was the George Sweet trio. I'm named after him. Um, just kind of sitting on his lap and watching him play piano. And, and my dad, he, my dad just used to play CDs on CDs and CDs. And I just sit in his office at home and listen to Miles Davis and Burt Bacharach and really cool artists like that. But um, my grandma and granddad taught me how to kind of almost pick up things by ear, which was quite cool. Um, so that was that was something I, I remember quite vividly. But both sides of my family are really into music, which is really cool. Like my cousin's an opera singer in, in New York. My sister's an incredible singer. So, um, really really lucky to be in a family where music's like a, a big part of of our lives. Definitely runs in the genes. Did you feel pressured to get into music? Um, no, not really. I only started singing when my sister left home, because I didn't really want to sing when she was around because she's that good. So. She left for university to study jazz in Auckland, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll start singing now." Because I, I started with a sax, a uh, recorder, as as most young kids do, and then saxophone because there was a cute girl in the class, and then drums. So it's been a nice way evolution there. That's crazy. Was your uh, grandfather around at all when you started on your musical journey? Yeah, he's still here. So um, he loves watching our stuff. I remember. I was on the one Sunday and I showed him our, I told him we were doing vinyl and he actually gasped at the fact that we were getting vinyls for our new album because he just he didn't, couldn't quite believe it. So it's cool to be able to show him that kind of stuff and um, show him that music's a big part of, of us and um, our lives in, in the band. So it was really, it's real special. Yeah. Jordan, what about you? How did you uh, kick off the musical career? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. My family is definitely not as or at all as musical as George's like even going back to grandmas and stuff and parents like no one of my family plays any instruments or anything like that um but so where did you first hear music I guess yeah I just just hearing it around the house in the car and stuff and then just obviously um like always singing pretty much you always sort of I don't know you don't know at the time but you probably have more of a passion than you think I guess 
And did you have folks, teachers, sort of encouraging you to, to go further? I think it was probably mum more. I guess she was um, sort of pushed me to start doing like guitar, you know, learn instrument pretty much so to accompany it. So um, started learning guitar with a lady who lives in Halsall called Katrina Robinson, who's a legend, and um, kind of blew her off at the start and didn't really listen to what she was saying. And As you do when you're a young person, oh, and yeah. you know better. Yeah, yeah, and you know better than what they do. And yeah, so sort of gave up on it for a while and then got more into like just kind of learning myself. I'm sort of lucky that I've got the ear that George does as well. So um, I don't know where, where I got it from, but got it, so lucky. Jordan's ear is like next level. Yeah, like it's unreal. Just thought I'd get that out there. I've got a test handy, which we shall bring out at the end of the, the Ooh, show for you. Okay. Um, what kind of artists were you listening to, Jordan? Uh, I was thinking about it. I guess like because you sing just sort of whatever you hear on the radio. But then um, like road trips and stuff, when Dad would like put on his favourite CD and you'd hear him like try to sing, that was like you always got more into those songs because you know that's like what your dad likes and then it just becomes more iconic, I guess. And like songs like wind of change by the scorpions and stuff like classic classic songs yeah and the whistle as well yeah yeah oh and it's just like you can just remember so clearly those ones so it's like they're just good songs uh, the butlers has a very relaxed style has it always sort of been there Walt, jordan and i went to the same high school so we've always taken music together right from probably year 10 which was like 15 years old so we were always jamming in the practice rooms and singing covers at concerts at school and um, and then Walt and I, once Jordan um, went in and did tra- a trade after school, um, th- like I was like halfway through thing, I guess. Mm. Walt and I decided to do some acoustic covers and get some money. And what sort of, of stuff fun. were you playing? Oh, just you know the classic covers. You know your Maroon Fives. Yeah, sometimes we'd throw in some weird ones, like some rap covers. Kind of turned into the kind of I don't know what the kind of genre we played. Also, it's kind of jazzy yeah, almost it was a little bit. Of, definitely jazzy. Yeah, but put throwing in like some like um, homebrew. Like yeah, like we threw stuff. in like rap and Kiwi stuff. It was cool. Like it was fun. And then what I remember, I vividly remember it. Walt came to me one day. He was like, "Man, this is boring. Like, let's just try find something else." We found Kingy, who's the lead guitarist, Bradley King. Walt found him. Um, well, they were really good mates through work at the surf school, teaching people how to surf. And Bradley and him would just noodle away at lunch times and and play together. And then Bradley came along and joined us, and that was fun. And then Walt and and we we're all just like, "Oh man, like this needs to something else." And and we were playing at um, one of the other wee functions that Jordan's dad was organising. I, I remember Jordan was sitting there watching us. I was like, man, like, what was like, yeah, we should definitely get Jordan in here. Like, Jordan's been learning the bass. And I was like, I was like yeah, sweet. So he came along to practice at my at my flat at the time. And it's been like that ever since. And then, of course, we added our sax, saxophone player. And Tell me the story behind your mysterious saxophone player. <laughs> and I'm sure you've been asked this pl- plenty of times, but uh, the four of you, you know, you, you've got your names and your faces out there. <clears throat> I guess it was just um, something that he was wanting to do right from the start when he joined for the band, I guess. Um, I was out one night with my cousin and we went to a bar in Christchurch called Fat Eddie's and I saw him playing with a cover band there and then Saw him walk into the bathroom for a break, so I just thought I'd follow him in and uh, try... Um, That's how all the best relationships start. Yeah, and um, try and um, persuade him to come to practice, but it wasn't that hard. He was pretty pretty interested. Mm. So um, how long had, had the Butlers formed as a, as a cohesive unit at The Butlers, we, we'd been a band as a four for 
probably like half a year or something. Yeah, like we'd, we'd done like a mini tour. We went to Auckland, Wellington and Queenstown and Christchurch. Like we were just kind of, and we just released like a wee garage EP, just showing people that we had original songs, but we knew there, was, there needed to be something else. So what has the sax added to the Butler's sound? The whole, so the whole thing, yeah. Everything. I think that yeah. like... The Butlers is like a like a brand and like <clears throat> kind of built off when we got that like that fifth member in there. I reckon. Is there a thought to add well, more like, brass down the track? No, we added keys for the album, so he's playing keys as well as saxophone now. Yep. So it's just pretty cool. Yep. He's a pretty impressive musician. I think when he joined the band, we all started learning a lot more about music because, like, yeah, we're real lucky to have great ears. And you know, do that, but to actually know more to have about the theory behind, yeah, yeah. So it was as simple yeah. as like being able to count out your bars and stuff, and like it was to the point where we're about to go record like two songs um, off the Frederick's Friends EP, and he's just like, right, sit down, got out a whiteboard, and was like, you need to know this because like yeah. you know, and that like really helped us all. It's so beneficial, it's crazy. Like even just the little things, like I'll I'll have like something wrong with my drum kit, I'll be like, Stingy, you know what? Do you know what's going on here? It's like, yeah, man. Like, fix it for me. I'm like, oh, it's just little things like that. Like, and and even like the other day, me, Stingy, and Jordan just had a wee, a wee like trio practice. And like, he was like, we're not going to practice without metronomes today. I was like, everything was metronomed out. And I was just like, just, just little things like that. Like, we wouldn't, we keep would keep it yeah, on the grid. Just keep it on the grid. Yeah. And we wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for Stingy. We'd just be like, just mucking around. Well, we traveled all over the place. We've heard about, uh, you know, from Burt Bacharach to the Scorpions, at least. Uh, any particular groups that you could agree on that may have influenced the Butlers? Maybe a particular track you'd like to play? One thing that we all can agree on is that funk is a very essential part of our lives and mm. uh, gets, your, gets your feet tapping, especially for our leads, lead guitarist, Bradley. Um, loves yeah. he loves his funk music so yeah, I don't know I think Stingy actually loves Stingy also yeah actually you know <laughs> like what more disco so, yeah. so, um, all of us yeah. so Earth, Wind and Fire I'd say is just you know it's just if you hear it if you hear it going off somewhere you're just like oh, drop everything it's about to go down so yeah September September Earth, Wind and Fire yeah <laughs> as soon as you hear that no matter where you are you just want to be where that is you know
This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Butlers on Plains FM 96.9. We all know that feeling. Wife's out of town with the kids. All your friends are busy. You've got the house to yourself. No one's watching. So what do you do? Don't stop me now. Ah, yes, the ultimate guilty pleasure. But from the 29th of March, it's time to wear your love of Queen with the same pride that Freddie wore his moustache. When the renowned musical We Will Rock You, written by Queen and comedy genius Ben Elton, opens in Christchurch. Showbiz Christchurch presents the Saunders & Co. season of We Will Rock You at the Isaac Theatre Royal from March 29 to April 13. Tickets available from Ticketek. This is the Garden of Sound interview with George and Jordan from the Butlers on Plains FM. Okay, it's time to talk about gigs. First gigs that you guys went along to. Jordan, I'll kick off with you. What's the first gig that you paid some money or perhaps somebody paid some money for you to to get along to? This is actually sick because (laughs) it was um, in excess. It's a great story. Amazing. So yeah, that's actually, I I don't think I talk about that enough. That was cool. And that was with my mum and my nana. <laughs> Can I presume that they were the ones that wanted to get along and see um, um, Michael Hutchins? I presume this is before he passed away? This wasn't, which is the only. That's probably why I don't tell the story. So, <laughs> now, now that I think about so it. So who was, who was fronting at that point? It was whoever won the TV show. I'm not, I'm not quite sure of his name. JD yeah, somebody. Fortune or something like yeah. that. Something like that. But Michael Hutchins is one of my idols. Yeah. Just want to drop that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sick and yeah so it's in excess and Westlife <laughs> went to see Westlife with mum and nana also that was like my first two gigs were Westlife and in excess and which so, did you prefer in excess yeah, that's fair enough <laughs> yeah George what about you what was the first gig that you got along to see my first gig I ever went along to was with my dad and it was Jack Johnson just a guy I loved I loved his Sleeping Through the Static album and because I loved the movie Curious George and he was like the guy who wrote the soundtrack for that so I like told dad I really wanted to go for my birthday and he was playing at it's Horncastle now but I don't know what it was back then um that was my first one and then I don't know if you remember but um there was like a Samoan Relief concert in, at, at the Horncastle Arena as well. And there was like Lady Six, Scribe, Savage, all these people played. And me, my mum, my, my sister and some friends, we like ran right to the front and we sat up front and I watched all these bands. And like, because I grew up on like Scribe and memorised all the lyrics of my CD Walkman, like print out his lyrics on the computer. And to see him live, I was like mesmerised. I was like, this is incredible. So those are like the two first gigs I can remember. But yeah, I think the most memorable gig and like because my sister's so into music my music is her life as is as is mine but um my sister and i when she'd moved to auckland i flew up and we went to the red hot chili peppers together and that's just one i'll I'll never forget just because it was like i'm 15 and she's like 18 and we're on our own without our parents and like what's the standout track from that show what made your heart around the world probably just i love that guitarist i was like huge moment sync that one up as well the, the whole gig was incredible and like that was my first mosh pit experience as well at the age of 15 i was like what is going on like mm. it was it was hectic yeah so yeah that was cool being on stage is a is a big thing stuff doesn't always go right mm. obviously is there anything that uh, has gone terribly wrong but you've managed to sort of overcome or you've learned from the the experience jordan 
I feel there's a story coming up. <laughs> Uh, That's probably not a story for radio, but I mean, it was um, one person in the band being me, maybe indulged in too many treats, and um, and yeah, that was the last time we did that ever, I think. So it's a learning experience. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It was bad. I got on stage and like didn't even think to that my guitar actually has to be plugged in to make noise. It was so funny. It was like classic School of Rock, like Joey Finn's like solo kind of vibe to me. Yeah. Because uh, we we planned this thing. It was like, sweet, so Jordan's going to go up first and start playing and like rev up the crowd. And it was Jordan's first like big proper gig since he'd been at it. Yeah. It, was like, it was all our first oh, no. big pro- it was yeah probably, it was like our first it was a foundry gig like, it was big like to like 400 people yeah it was huge like for us we were nervous before as. that we'd only done one other uh, yeah and I was playing with like cymbals that had cracks all through them like I was just like what is going on like but yeah. Jordan went up and he was like you know how are we and just started like strumming his bass and he's like looking around like yeah this is happening and I was like oh my god it's not plugged in it was funny it's it's like things you look back on now and just and just laugh and just you know as long as this mm. bass is plugged in every time now, it's all good. We'll get to the music creation and the production process in the uh, the next part of the show. Um, but it's time for a bit more music. We've we got a favourite track, maybe a favourite artist, something that we can play that you guys can agree on, maybe on behalf of the other guys as well. Um, maybe some Sticky Fingers? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Tell me about Sticky Fingers. I know it's probably a sin. What's, um, what's Sticky Fingers all about? Well, yeah, we had the, the real... Uh, we were real fortunate to open for them over summer. They're an Australian five-piece band that, for like Jordan and myself and Walt, like huge, huge influences, I'd say. Mm. And and now Stingy, like Stingy picked them up when he joined our band. Now he's kind of going through that like massive craze on Sticky Fingers and, and Kingy just loves their music too. Um, mm. But they're kind of like an an alternate alternative rock band. Yeah, have pretty classic rock kind of like roots, but then sort of similar to us just kind of throw in a different genres to sort of just make it different i suppose but <clears throat> yeah i mean that's probably one of the looking back at like memories um like me and walt were sitting in the computer room at school watching one of the first music videos they had done when they weren't like famous as such but um and then i remember kind of being like that song's cool and i saved that song on my phone and then had it listening to it and stuff. But then, yeah, just like a few years later, I remember everybody was just so like, oh, Sticky Fingers, you know? It's like, and I was like, yeah, was that? Look at my phone. Yeah, it was Sticky Fingers. Yeah, like, and yeah, they had so many good songs. And I was so like, possibly something to do with the air, being able to pick up, you know, good Yeah, well, I was. I was just like shocked that um, I didn't know that they'd like, that. I thought they were big when Walt showed me, but they weren't. They were just kind of like, from listening to them and tell, like them telling their story, it was like they were pretty much relentlessly touring, not making any money for like ten years, and then overnight just hit it. Mm. But they had that ten years of yeah. like yeah. So really when they got there, the, they were ready. Yeah. By the time they yeah, got we'll there, that, we'll <laughs> by the time they got there, they were kind of um, maybe um, but, a bit burnt out. But burned yeah. out. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, and then they had a bit, a bit of time off to sort out some internal issues yeah and, and now they're back on track and they're like selling out world tours and stuff so awesome. yeah. yeah so what track are we going to play from them i'd love to play um uh flight 101 it's a good song great song
Competition time, I've got a pair of A Reserve tickets to give away for you and a friend to see the Showbiz Christchurch production of We Will Rock You, opening March 29th at the Isaac Theatre Royal. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on the We Will Rock You banner on the front page to enter. And if you'd like to purchase tickets, just follow the links on that competition page. This is the Garden of Sound interview with George and Jordan from the Butlers on Plains FM 96.9. You guys, debut album out yesterday. Yeah. Mm. What's it called? It's called The Butlers. It's a self-titled yeah. debut album. What was the decision behind that? Just, just to save complication? Rolling Stones, Beatles. Yeah. Just classic. Make first. a statement. Yeah. Where was the album recorded? Um, it was recorded in or- at Orange Studios in Ferrymead, which is an amazing amazing studio 
yeah produced by the wizard that is tom o'connor shout out if you're listening tom you're a beautiful human so tell me the difference between you said you know recording something in a garage yeah. to um uh, to this process what's the big what's the step up there huge step. I guess so, it's like, just like just quality really the quality of the sounds that you're getting like going from putting when you put five microphones on a drum kit to 20 you know mm. like you're obviously going to get way better sound and the walls are insulated for playing drums in and you know it's just yeah it's just quality and recording to a click track so it's on one tempo like we didn't do that in the garage we just played the song yeah. so they ended up being like 100 miles an hour all, all seven of them so. yeah that's what i was going to bring up i remember when we when we recorded the frederick's friends ep we went in and he was like sweet so what's the uh what click track do you want us to play and we're like oh. i never know what it was <laughs> like what 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 so we mm. just yeah that was that was that was the first thing i remember so before you started recording the album, what did you bring to Tom? How many tracks did you have? Did you write any new ones along the way? We recorded two um, singles over a weekend, and he had listened to those two months prior to recording them, and we just talked. We talked then even, I think, in the garage that night when he came and listened to the two singles about the album and how we'd talked about how we wanted sound and stuff we wanted in there like yeah we we had all these ideas and then tom made them happen or you know like we'll just let you try anything that you want to do and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't we gave him a lot of like inspiration as well like we told him to listen to a lot of sticky fingers which i don't think he would have listened to before in his life but like we'd come in in the morning and he'd be listening to it over the speakers and then Jordan would text me saying, oh, Tom's wondering what kind of snare you want or like what um, sound your snare wants. So I was like, I'll just tell him to listen to Mac DeMarco. Like yeah. that kind of real um, the Halloween kind of echoey snare in some instances, you know? That's probably the best example I reckon of like Tom's genius is like, mm. George is like, I really love Mac DeMarco's drums. So in one, like a few of these songs, like in the verse, George is playing this tiny wee like four, four piece kit that's really tight and like and then like in the chorus when it goes really big he's back on his other drum kit in another room like playing with all his bits and pieces and like so it's crazy what yeah. song in particular are you talking about for that and there's a couple of songs um one song called why do i keep going back i play a real small as jordan would say a real small tight kit that tom it was tom's kit beautiful tama kit that he set up in in the booth so it was a really enclosed area and a really, really tight kit. So I played that on the verses and I could get really nice like little buzz rolls going as well. Just one-handed buzz rolls. And then in the courses, I'd bring in the floor tom and the snare and it was big and I'd go into the other room and do that. So it was cool. It was just going back and forth into each room. And I think there's three or four songs where yeah. I use it. There's but it's, so, it's such a, like, when you know, I, I, you know that you can hear the difference, but when you know that he's actually in a smaller room playing a smaller drum kit, it's like, you, you appreciate it more probably yeah i said to tom like are you sure this isn't gonna be like because i had no idea how it was gonna work he was real confident on it and like thank god he was because it sounds real cool so like, are you sure this is gonna work tom he's like yeah man just just go with it and i was like when i heard it i was like man that works like people might not even notice they might be like oh sweet it's just one drum kit but how much does the butler's live show sort of differ from the recording studio experience <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the attitude we always had was like let's like put up with recording and then it's true 
like yeah let's just try get through recording and try do this and like get it out there as soon as we can without mixing it like you know like those first ones are like so true you know and then just like we just want people to hear it and then they can come to the live show and they can see it you know i think like we always banked on our live live performance way more than like our recording processes and stuff but 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 now yeah yeah, we were like (laughs) thank god but let's do let's do something like proper yeah yeah let's do it i think knowing that there's people that listen not just in christchurch as well like you have people that listen in different places around the world you're like they're not going to probably be able to make a show for a wee while i'm really keen to hear something from the um from the new album have we got a track that yeah. you can listen to maybe something well, with the, the dual drums going on yeah, yeah yeah we'll start with why do i keep going back it's kind of like a um a song that oh, i'm not a songwriter in like any way shape or form i wish i was but it's cool to know that this album everyone's contributed in in like real cool ways mm. but main, mainly jordan and Walt will have some ideas and we'll all come together and add our own instruments where it's needed and, and sometimes be like, hey, I think that would work there and mm. this might not work there and things like that. Um, mm. But Walt and Jordan are so good at songwriting and um, can write something in an instant, really. It's really, really cool to watch that. Like even watching Walt when we were up in Mangawai, wrote a song like just like in, in like an hour, but I, we haven't worked on that one yet, but like I know it's it's there and Jordan just like, you know, spending a day writing a couple of songs. It's real cool to watch, like from someone who doesn't really have that um gift but this song i actually did i did write um actually yeah, you're saying all this stuff and you've got <laughs> but, one of the best songs song, on the album yeah <laughs> but to self-deprecating i think is the term i was actually just sitting at work um at my at my job as a reporter and i wrote this song whilst i was waiting for a story to come through um it's good to see time's being spent wisely yeah it's been yeah, well it's, for the benefit of the musical community yeah, obviously i know mm. exactly so um sorry if you're listening boss old boss um but i kind of wrote it from the perspective of like someone who keeps going back to something like relationship wise that just isn't good for them mentally and like physically it's just everything like it could be and i i knew i know that when i wrote it i know that could probably relate to a lot of people even if it's just a tiny thing like oh man that guy that that, that guy or girl is just like not my type I don't want to go back. Man, I just keep going back. Why do I keep going back? Like, That's it. Really? Pretty plain and simple. Any resolution for you from writing that song? No, nah, not really. He didn't go back. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Hmm. Changing 
Sound interview with the Butlers on Plains FM 96.9. We all know that feeling. Wife's out of town with the kids. All your friends are busy. You've got the house to yourself. No one's watching. So what do you do? Don't stop me now. Ah, yes, the ultimate guilty pleasure. But from the 29th of March, it's time to wear your love of Queen with the same pride that Freddie wore his moustache. When the renowned musical We Will Rock You, written by Queen and comedy genius Ben Elton, opens in Christchurch. Showbiz Christchurch presents the Saunders & Co. season of We Will Rock You at the Isaac Theatre Royal from March 29 to April 13. Tickets available from Ticketek. This is the Garden of Sound interview with George and Jordan from the Butlers on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about best musical memory thus far. Is there something that's just like uber positive that sticks out in your mind, whether it's a gig or recording experience or, I don't know, a really nice dinner that you went out for or something like that? Um, nostalgia Festival the other week. I don't know what it was, but I, I, it still actually gives me like a, a, like a smile on my face. Like I, I think it was just like seeing the amount of people that actually came out to watch us like at that time when there was 
some really cool acts on the main stage. It was actually like, oh, I, I don't know how to describe it, man, but like, it was like just playing it to our local crowd who like have been there since day dot plus some new people. And then like even seeing like my little like second, like well, my, my cousin's son, like seeing him there, like he's five years old. Like it was cool just like seeing him with like a butler's hat on and like smiling at me. I was like, man, like this is really cool. It's kind of like full circle almost like from that foundry gig to now. Like, Jed Parsons had some very positive things to say about Nostalgia Festival yeah. as well, very much in, in yeah. that light. So it's, it's such a cool festival. It's like, that was my first mm. experience because they played last year when I was up in Auckland. I couldn't make it down, but that was my first experience and I loved it. That was probably like a recent one that's still fresh in the mind. But um, over over summer, like just that first show we played was Sticky Fingers and the Coromandel. I was so nervous. Like I couldn't even look up when I wasn't singing. And I remember looking up maybe like five songs to go and it was just like from the front to back, like just packed with people. And when we when you start, obviously when you're opening for a band, it's like people are still coming in with scanning their tickets. So like, but at that up, point, full. Yeah, when I looked up, I was like, oh my God. Like, mm. and I, I still remember like looking up and seeing that. I was like... And when crazy. did the nerves leave you? They left probably like once I finished playing at that gig. I was, yeah. That's the most nervous I've ever been for a gig just because I knew that they were listening backstage. Like they were sitting in the green room listening to us. Was, was it like, one of your best gigs? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good actually. But just knowing like that you're almost like your musical idols were like backstage listening to you, like getting ready for their own gig. I was like... Phew. And what was their impression? Yeah, they liked it. They, I remember the lead singer, Dylan, came up to Walton. Was it you as well at the end? or like He came into our tent. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't there, but... He oh, was, he came into like... There's like two tents there, tent, our tent. And they, he just came over. Well, actually, I asked if I could have a bottle of water from their fridge. And he was like, yeah, of course. And then he followed me back and was just like, that was sick. You guys are awesome, blah, blah. And I think that's when... Like, we all met that night, the two bands. But I think after that, we are kind of like, okay, these guys aren't that exclusive they're pretty nice guys so it's they're like, such yeah. genuine guys what about yourself Jordan anything else that sort of jumps out at you real good time I actually really enjoyed the album recording because mm. we did it differently in terms of how we actually recorded it just me and George went in with Walt and did like the rhythm stuff first and then just over like everyone would come and do their bits individually but I was there for pretty much like every every session so just because I loved being there and like hearing it come together and throwing in ideas like just all the time and trying to get some crazy stuff out there and yeah just like stuff like there was probably like nine of us in the rec- like the vocal booth doing a th- uh, like a part for a chorus where everyone was kind of yelling and then I was like into the next bit but it goes kind of weird so I was like what if on that bit everyone just like screamed like actually screamed top physically, of their lungs scream top of their lungs scream into the microphone and then obviously the gain turned all the way down yeah and then we used it it's still in there so Amazing. yeah it's just like a few effects and weird stuff and it kind of like it just adds and little bits like that just make it so much more interesting i think and that's why yeah i've already talked about or asked you about interests from overseas but where would you like to see yourselves in the next you know five or well, three to five years at least where do you want to go any festivals around the world that you want to play anything particularly that you want to do what's the plan well, i don't know if like familiar with many live i was festivals. just trying to see if i actually knew any i was trying to name drop but i can't um just to i don't know just to go overseas like glastonbury's and, or coachella's or, or oh whatever. yeah i don't know yeah that's the thing that's like Obviously yes, but it's, it's a that's a that's a big um, yeah big step. It's huge. But I think yeah, just to go overseas, 
like in a more consistent fashion and slowly to start like just start you know you like you do Christchurch and then the next time you do Christchurch you get a little bit more and then you start you know you kind of take over different parts and then go to Aussie and I suppose just to keep like building 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 everywhere and consistently going overseas and doing tours and stuff is where we want to go but yeah what he said I think um going to America would be pretty cool but Mm. um that's just a personal preference I guess haven't been to America before yeah neither but I know that um like our mates who are in bands have gone over and like played at universities and like said that was cool so like just play at colleges and and play at cool places like that and I don't know get in an RV and who knows like just see where it takes us I don't know things like that I think about sometimes and that would be pretty cool you've talked about Sticky Fingers quite a bit are there any other acts out there uh, that you'd like to collaborate with whether in New Zealand or around the world our first experience with an, a band outside of New Zealand was a band called Bootleg Rascal and we played a show in Auckland and Wellington with them and I just remember how welcoming and how, and how like cool they were um, and even mm. like when we played with them at Soundsplash uh, the festival in Raglan um, the lead guitarist Jimmy like we were about to go on stage and he like you know came up and was like oh, boys like you know like little things like that actually mean a lot like mm. to work with people like that who are that talented like Jimmy does go and play with Sticky Fingers as well like as a as a guitarist as well but like to work with people who are talented like that outside of New Zealand would be cool just that's those are like the people that come to mind because they're so talented but mm. but also folks that are keeping it real and yeah friendly and on yeah. a very sort of personal level 100%. yeah like the other day out of nowhere the stage manager at Bay Dreams just like Mrs. Justin was like you guys were a dream to work with so it's like okay cool it's paid off you give know? it a little love and it all comes back yeah to you, you know yeah. it's just like we just want to be those guys who are yeah. like just nice and always yeah. happy to you know and yeah I guess like there's so many cool bands in New Zealand like around our age as well but like mm. and yeah. just to play with other bands like that whether it be international or New Zealand or just whatever just to keep like doing it for the for the love yeah I think the coolest part like is going to a festival and seeing those guys and being like oh man like it's like a, it's like a no you're not just playing you're actually it's like a social hangout as well it's real fun like mm. Sound Splash was the coolest because like we'd played with Sticky for that week and then we saw them the week after and then Billy Grask were there as well, so it was like, it was cool. Home it was just like, yeah, home rule there. It was like catching up with with mates, and like I was mm. almost like pinching myself sometimes. It was, mm. It's awesome. It's time for some music. Jordan, is there a track off the new album that you'd like to play? It's actually a song I wrote quite a long time ago, um, and then left. It's one bit of advice: songwriting is never delete anything because you never know when it's going to come in handy. Mm. But didn't you what, write this when we were like sixteen? Or like a chorus was written when we were like 16 at school or something like that? Oh, uh, so no, like Walt, Walt had written the song um, and it was kind of lovey-dovey, um, like quite cliche kind of song. But it had this chorus and I always really liked it, but he hated it because it was so cliche. Well, the words around it were so cliche. But I always thought the chorus was so good. And then just like sitting back a few months ago and looking at this old song and then look, looking at Walt's chorus, I was like... Man, it could, real, could go really well together so I sat Walt and George down after I'd kind of done some rewriting and um, played it to them on a, a like a shitty acoustic guitar and they were like that should definitely be on the album but it should definitely stay like that so we ended up just being in the studio and recorded it on an acoustic guitar and I sung it so you played the acoustic yeah and yeah. we just recorded it exactly like that and then amazing. at the end um, Bradley does an amazing solo and everyone comes in and turns into a song but yeah for the just to sit in there and record it like and this track cool. is called 
Vodka's what you're drinking. I can see this party's pumping, but I still feel a lonely something. It feels like I'm the only one that's here. Till I saw you standing there, you were playing with your head. I wonder if your glance will ever meet mine. I'd love you to look at me And if you just looked over here you'd see I can't stop staring at you Won't you just stare at me And vodka's what you're drinking I'm wondering what the hell you're thinking I can't stop staring at you Won't you just look at me Cause my life is boring I'm stuck in a box and I can't get out of it I wanna talk to you but maybe you'll think that I'm boring too But maybe you won't and those odds are good enough for me I'd love you to look at me and if you just looked over here you'd see I can't stop staring at you, won't you just stare at me? And vodka's what you're drinking, I'm wondering what the hell you're thinking I can't stop staring at you, won't you just look at me? George, Jordan, thank you so much for being on Garden of Sound today. You guys were absolutely awesome. Thanks, man. Was, thank uh, you. It was awesome nice to get us. a bit of uh, Butler's insight. Yeah. I haven't even asked you where the name came from. It doesn't matter. I can probably read about it online. <laughs> Other things that you can yeah. read about online, obviously, are today it's International Women's Day. So I just want to ask two of you, female artist, uh, anyone that particularly sort of jumps out 
um, at you. Yeah, for me, um, it's just such a powerful song, the way she sings it, Etta James, At Last, or At Last, that's how she sings it, so like, I know, it's just like, when I listen to that song, it's just so raw and powerful, I can just imagine her just belting it in the recording studio, and it's so cool, like the strings and like the kind of orchestral vibe to it, I think it's just an amazing song, so, yeah, that's one that I think we can both agree on. Cheers, guys. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much. Best of luck with the new album. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here today. My guests were George Berry and Jordan Kennedy from The Butlers. Their eponymous debut album is out now on all good streaming platforms, and you can get all the links to those sites and hear all of the tracks we talked about today by clicking on The Butlers Image on the front page of the Garden of Sound website. That's gardenofsound.nz. Please do visit the Garden of Sound Patreon page also. A small regular gift to Garden of Sound will help you hear more about bands like The Butlers 
and support the local music scene. We've got a great show lined up for you next week, featuring one of New Zealand's hardest touring songwriters and performers, Adam McGrath. So until then, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi there, darling.